Gold. It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers. It's on the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show. We're going to take a closer look at the Blazers' defense. Uh, for most of the season, this has been the standout part of the Blazers' run, is, is that they have been vastly improved on defense. And while they're still vastly improved from what they've been over the last four seasons, they've gotten a little bit worse lately. And this show was largely inspired by two listeners, listener John and listener Scott. They sent me emails at lockdownblazerspod at gmail.com and kind of got me thinking about the Blazers' defense and... Amphrey Simons return to the lineup and the role that's played and the the um, the regression since they've had Ant back in the lineup and all the things that go into that. So what I want to do in today's show is I want to take a closer look at the numbers, what has factually changed, where they were, where they are now, and kind of the nuts and bolts of why things look different from beyond just the raw statistical look at it. And we'll close the show talking about the Wizards play a little game of you'd love to see it uh, to close the program. But let, let's let get into the numbers. Um, all of these numbers I'm going to read you come from cleaningtheglass.com, an indispensable stats website from Ben Falk, um, former, Blazer, former Blazers uh, analytics department member, Ben Falk. But um, I am drawing a somewhat arbitrary cutoff because it has been an observation from 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 two listeners, you know, specifically Scott and John. That's your last shout out, Scott and John. No more. But um, but from others around the league or from others around the Blazers sort of fandom, right? Is that like, oh, Anthony Simons came back and this team sucks on defense now? Surprise, surprise! Anthony Simons is bad. Uh, there's also some other people that go the other way, and we'll kind of get into it. And I don't want to talk to the straw man here, but I am going to use the Anthony Simons return as a cutoff um, because I think it is worth noting that, like, you know, he's their most, he's probably their best offensive player in terms of what he can do. I don't think he's the best player, maybe, but he's certainly the best offensive player. You could argue he's the best player. I think it's fine. Um, like, and, um, he has not been a good defender over the course of his career. That that is that is factually true. Where the Blazers stand right now is 18th on defense, according to Clean the Glass. Uh, Clean the Glass famously t- takes out garbage time, so you don't you don't get rewarded for playing games that have already been decided. Um, and when they were rolling in the in the sort of in uh, prior to Ant returning from injury, Anthony Simons missed tore ligament in his thumb and missed 18 games. Uh, and in the the 19 games, including the night Ant played in the opener leading up to it, the Blazers were were 12th on defense, according to Clean the Glass. They had been pre, that's pretty darn good, right? They're flirting with a top 10 defense. You 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 could see an obvious improvement. I think more so than the numbers, just dry balls. Hey, this team is competitive on defense. They they they're good enough. Their defense is good enough to kind of keep them in games. They're awful on offense, but like the reason that they've been competitive most nights is because they bring it on defense. And the sort of key to what they were when, when d- during that first 19 games to open the season and to have that 12th defensive rating and, to, you know, an above average defense in the league is that they forced a ton of turnovers. They were first in the league in forcing turnovers. And why I say that was the key is because the other sort of uh, important, you know, four factors numbers that you track and four factors basically just like, do, you, do, do the shots go in and how many chances do you get to take the shots? Field goal percentage, turnovers. Free throw rate, offense rebound rate. 
do you get extra opportunities and do you make shots when you get those opportunities and do you give give the ball away to not give yourself opportunities? Very simple, very, very, very simple stuff. But like they weren't great, you know, they're 17th in defensive effective field goal percentage, slightly below average. Teams were making shots. Uh, 27th in offensive rebound, offensive rebound rate for their opponent. They're giving up a ton, a ton of second chance points, and they're below average uh, keeping teams off the free throw line and 20th in free throw rate. So, like, really, the secret sauce to their defense is that they limited threes. They were they were you know top 10 in the league in, in th- uh, three point field goal attempts. Although they give up a ton of rim attempts, and they still do give up a ton of rim attempts, but they didn't give up a ton of threes, and they forced a ton of turnovers. That was their secret sauce. That was that was that was how the, how it all worked. And they have slipped over the last seven games from the from the first 19 to the last seven, largely because they don't force turnovers anymore. That's basically the difference. That's not don't force turnovers. They aren't forcing turnovers at a league best rate. They began the season through those, you know, first quarter of the season. They were forcing more turnovers than any defense in the league. It's key. It's key. I mean, you just get out and run. They're a pretty miserable half court offense. So getting chances in transition or semi-transition or whatever it might be. You know, not, not every turnover is live ball. You can't even run off some live ball turnovers, but more opportunities to get easy baskets and just straight up preventing the team from getting a shot up, which they were, you know, 18th in effective field goal percentage. Teams were making below average and just preventing shots from going in and 27th in offensive rebound rate. They were giving up offensive boards, right? So, um, the turnovers were key because people were making shots and they were grabbing their misses off missed shots. The turnovers since December 6th and every time it's returned, seven games, they're 13th and everything else is about the same. In fact, they're giving up the exact same effective field goal percentage, 56.5% through the first 19 games as they are for the next seven. Their team, nobody's making more shots or missing more shots. There's no, um, there's no sort of like shooting luck. It's, it is, uh, it is almost identical. I mean, rounding, but a little bit of rounding, but basically identical shooting shooting percentages from from your opponents. You're giving up the, basically the same number of made buckets. They were 27th in offensive rebound rate prior to Anthony Simons uh, returning. With Anthony Simons back, opponents 27th of 27th in opponents re, uh, offensive rebounding rate. They're still giving up a ton of offensive boards, and they're fouling a little bit less. That helps from 20th to 13th. But the, and you know keeping opponents off the free throw line a little bit, a little bit better. But it's not it's not like materially different. It's a, it's a free throw and a half a game. The difference is that they were first in the league in, in turnovers, enforcing turnovers, and they dropped to thirteenth over the last seven games. That's basically it. That's that's where the defense has regressed because the other stuff is worrisome. They still give up a bunch of shots at the rim. Um, they still give up a bunch of offensive rebounds. Uh, typically, those are shots at the rim too. But like that. Those are high high percentage looks, right? Like that's why your effective field goal percentage will be high because teams shoot like 65% at the rim. They still limit threes relatively well. That's a scheme thing that Chauncey has done a good job of. They they fly around and limit threes, limit three-point attempts. Um, they've Prior to Amphrey Simons returning, they benefited from a bunch of three-point luck, right? Uh, opponents shot 33% from three, which is well below league average, which is above, it's closing in on 37%. In the seven games that Amphrey Simons has returned, opponents are shooting 32% from three. They're shooting worse, worse from three over the last seven games. So, like, it isn't just, it isn't luck. Uh, it isn't three-point luck and just, like, the bad, un- unlucky shooting night. It's literally that they just aren't for- forcing turnovers. That's what's changed. That's that's the difference. That's the regression right there from first to 13th. That's the regression. And I should say... Um, 
I'm recording this as the games are just ending. Actually, the Celtics and Kings game is still going on. Uh, so these the the sort of the rankings might change a little bit. Maybe the Celtics and Kings move a little bit. But like from first to slightly above average. And that's the difference. The secret sauce to them being a close to top 10 defense in the league is that nobody forced more turnovers than the Blazers. And why they've regressed to being a below average defense is because they forced turnovers about a, about a league average rate. They had to, they had to force turnovers. That was what was propping them up. That was what that was what made them defense special, and that hasn't happened. Is that Amphrey Simon's fault? I don't know. But those are the numbers to know. There's also just some functional stuff we should talk about. Let's talk about Ant. Let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about what's changed now that you have the numbers you need. But first, let's talk about building a championship team with a little help. From our good friend Joshy over at Locked on Fantasy Basketball. That's the host, Josh Lloyd, who's bringing you the best fantasy picks each week all season long with the help from eBay Motors. Whether you're prepping for your daily fantasy team or you got a season-long, uh, you got a season-long squad to get right, Josh is gonna pick out the best players for eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Now, earlier this week, I told you about Brandon Prodzimski. I told you about Grayson Allen. Today, I want to tell you about Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, he's been playing really well, backup big man for, rookie big man for the Warriors. He's appeared in two games. So, he is like, as a regular part of the rotation, he had his breakout game when he played really well and was the best center on the floor against uh, against the Portland Trailblazers. He followed that up with a really solid game and got to play crunch time and overtime against the Boston Celtics. The The Warriors are searching for it, and they're playing young players. And Trace Jackson Davis block shots. He gets rebounds. He, he benefits from the easy buckets as a rim runner in the Warriors' scheme. And he's getting the minutes because they're searching for it. Kevon Looney isn't playing a bunch. Draymond Green is suspended indefinitely. So the magic little small lineups, little small lineups, yeah. The magic little small lineups that the Warriors love so much are not are just not viable right now with what the roster looks like. So the rookie big man, Trace Jackson Davis, is, is a, a potential add. Um, Josh said today he chased him down. He traced, uh, uh, chased, traced Action Davis down in four leagues and got him in two of them. You know, if Josh is trying to add him, that's a fancy player of the week that you might want to add to. So, Josh Lloyd wants to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle and with over 122 parts to choose from. You can make sure your ride or die stays running smoothly. Whether you need brake kits, whether you want to spruce that thing up with LED headlights, whether you need to take your kayak out there and you need a roof rack, or whether you just need to get a new bumper because that thing's got some lumps in it. Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay, eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, baby, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk Anthony Simons. I mentioned this is like arbitrary date, right? It's like up through, you know, games played before December 6th, game played after December 6th. It's when Ant came back and started to play. 
every time it helps the team. Let's be totally clear here. Um, you know, I think I think he's weirdly divisive within the fan base, just like judging by sort of um, online reaction to it, which is like legitimately not a particularly good one. But also some 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 in my emails, particularly some who are not getting another shout out on the show. Um, but like, I think. Um, I think he's been particularly divisive because people see like, oh, this is Damian Lillard light. This is Damian Lillard light. And what would, what was Damian Lillard was he was an elite offensive player who was a negative on defense throughout his career. And it was hard to build a really good team with a negative defensive player. And, um, who was really good on offense, who was, you know, even if he was a lead on offense and Amphrey Simons just like, isn't Dame. He's not, he's not in and of himself an elite offense. He's, um, he's, been really good this year i think he's been excellent on offense um and i think he's improving as a playmaker and it's improving as with physicality and getting to the rim and drawing fouls like he's just been he's been good he's been good um but much like dame part of the problem is that when you have a guy who's a negative defender and really good offensive player at some point his co-workers matter a bunch and what has really happened with the return of anthony simons is the blazers just have too many guards they have to play so you end up playing small lineups, small, stupid lineups. Stupid is maybe too strong of a word, but small, frustrating lineups. Because Shaden Sharp needs to play, and Malcolm Brogdon needs to play, and Scoot Henderson, you want to find minutes for him. And so you're going to play all four of those dudes, and they're going to, you know, and Shaden Sharp's going to have to play minutes at the three next to two other guards. You're going to play a little bit smaller. And when you do that, you are still going to need to find time for Matisse Thibel, and then he's getting minutes at the four. And you just have less minutes where you're big, less minutes where you're plus-sized plus on the wing, and less minutes where you're two just turnover magicians. Matisse Thibel and Tumani Kamara can share the court, and almost no minutes when those two gentlemen can share the court next to Jeremy Grant. You know, some of this sample here with the defense slipping is the, is the time without Jeremy Grant. And while he is not... Um, I don't think JG is this like elite defender. More minutes of him is going to be better defense on this particular roster. I think I think that's I have I'm pretty comfortable saying that. Um, and you know DeAndre Ayton missed some time there, so then you get small. So I think like the 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 sort of overall like the defense has slipped has a lot of different factors. It's not just Ant. It's you miss some time with DA, you miss some time with JG, you miss some time. Uh, you have to play smaller lineups, and if you're gonna like the league is just trending bigger. Big, big skilled players is what everybody wants. They want you to be gigantic and highly skilled. That's that's the direction the league is going. And the Blazers are headed the other way. Like the only spot that is smaller now, I think, than it was like 10 years ago is power forward. All the other spots are the same or bigger. Like size matters. It's just like people aren't like teams aren't playing big, beefy, girthy power forwards anymore. They're like that position has changed a bunch. But every other spot, length and skill is a huge priority. Um, and the Blazers, with their current construction, and particularly with Anthony Simons back and going to play 35 minutes a night because he's really good, you can play more minutes where you're small, and you play more minutes where you're small, you're not as good. I also think factually Anthony Simons has been his, his bad defensive player. I think that's true. And when I say that, I also want to say this. This season, without question, has been the best defensive season of his career. Without question. 
He is more competitive. He is more attentive. He's stronger than he was. A lot, a lot of in the past, every time the struggles were just he wasn't strong enough. And it'd be like, bring me that, bring me that guy, bring me number one. I'm going to bully him. Um, and you know, a couple times in the last handful of games, people, you know, teams have singled him out. I think Devin Booker tried it. Devin Booker just tried to be like. Jab, 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 jab. I'm going to get where I want. And Avery Simons in one possession um, in in the second half said, no, I don't think so. And it was a shot clock violation because Booker couldn't get to his spot. And, a, you know, it's it's happened recently where where teams still have Ant on, on the scouting report as if we're, if we're, you know, running pick and rolls and we're going to pick the switch because we know teams switch and we, we're going to pick our matchup. We want to hunt Ant. And they've done it a couple times and then said, that's not the one. Let's go get someone else. And they've gone after Shaden Sharp, right? Like, let's find another weak link. So, like, th- that might be a perfect example of what I'm trying to illustrate. When you have more players on the court that you can hunt, you're going to be worse on defense. And when you're not forcing a ton of turnovers and your other sort of, like, defensive indicators suggest that that's the thing that's going to make you special and you don't do that, it's troublesome. So, I think a lot of things, to sum this first 20 minutes of the show up, The defense is worse because they're not getting turnovers. And the defense is worse and they're not forcing turnovers because they are forced when healthy due to the current roster construction to play more bad defenders more often. The offense is better with Ant. They were the worst offense in the league while he was hurt. And now they've climbed up all the way to 27th. But it's an improvement and it's obvious how helpful he is on offense. Like, you don't need the numbers. You can just watch him play. It's obvious that nobody get, demands the attention that Amphrey Simons gets. He has to play. He has to play. He's their best offensive player. He has to play, and he has to play a bunch of minutes. So the onus is on the roster to kind of either, you got to settle the roster so it makes more sense around him. This is like always the struggle with Amphrey, with with Damian Lord that they just refuse to, to address for seven years. Um, but like, uh, it is, um, I don't think it's like, it's not going to be a, a solution. This, they're back in a similar position. It's not going to be a solution that they're going to necessarily come to this season. But they could, if they had less guards that needed to play 30-some-ish minutes a night, you know, 25-plus minutes a night, then you would be able to play it a little bit bigger. If they were just, if they just had, if just one of their key parts was 6'8", another one of their key parts was 6'8", it would be simpler. Um, also, sometimes they close games small because Tumani Kamara is such a negative on def- on offense and teams don't guard him that they prefer, Chauncey Billups prefers to close games with three guards. Is that a good idea? Not always, but I under, I like it's, you don't need to be a super genius to see the logic on that one. Um, and the other night, I think he he closed with Scoot Henderson and Malcolm Brogdon next to Amphrey Simons, literally because he wanted Scoot Henderson to play in the final five minutes of a close game. Uh, did the Blazers almost blow an 11-point lead in, two, in the final two minutes? They almost did. Um, is Scoot Henderson a pretty bad half-court player? He is also, but like this is, this is sort of the challenge of this roster, I think. Right now, when fully healthy, it's hard for them to put out um, lineups that maximize their offensive strengths and also are competent on defense. And that is probably something that's going to hang around a little bit. And the way for them to get better is to get back to what they were doing, which is forcing a kajillion turnovers. But if you don't play the guys who are great at forcing a kajillion turnovers, you might be a little... It might just be what it, it might be what it is. Um, you know, if you mentioned, I said that I... I if you, 
if you are a longtime listener and every day or shout out to my everydayers, you know that I kind of said that I, I thought when the Blazers were 12th in defense, when we sort of did this exercise, that I thought they were likely to settle somewhere in slightly below average. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is where they stick. They're 18th in defense. Uh, this seems about right. They're clearly a lot better than they've been in the past, but they're just, they have some, the roster has some problems. Um, and, and, and some of it is just like when your best players are, Six four and under, six five and under. I don't know however tall Shaden Sharp is. Six five and under. If they're guards, if all your best players on offense are guards, you're going to play some small lineups and you're probably going to get beat up. Okay, let's play a game. We do this. We do this on the show. We play this game with some regularity. It's called "You'd Love to See It," where we look ahead at the next game and talk about things you would love to see. Well, I got something that's only happened one time this year. You would absolutely love to see a repeat of when the Blazers host the Washington Wizards to close out a homestand on Thursday evening. Let's play a little game and I'll tell you what you'd love to see. But first, let me tell you about better help. It's online therapy designed to be convenient, flexible, and fit your schedule. Therapy can be really helpful if you have an acute traumatic event, if you have, a, if, if there is a, tra- a, a trauma in your life that you need to work through. But you can also think about therapy kind of just like routine maintenance for your car. Um, You want to keep things running. So you go do things like oil changes and you put air in your tires when the light comes on and you replace your spark plugs and at 125,000 miles you do x and x and you because you did 70 at 75 miles you did the other maintenance that 75,000 miles did the other maintenance you needed and you keep that you keep your car running smoothly. Well, therapy can be that for your brain. It can give you the tools that you need to navigate life. It can be the routine maintenance that helps you develop what you need to do to keep yourself running smoothly, or at least give you an idea of how to do it and so you can practice doing it better. If you are considering starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and then if you need to, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. One more time for you, BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. We play a little game here. Uh, in, in lieu of, of your typical preview, sometimes we do a typical preview, to be quite honest, but it, but often uh, to preview games, we play a little game called, called You'd Love to See It, where we, th- we talk about things you would love to see. Here's the thing you would love to see. What if the Blazers won a game by double digits? They're 7-19 this year. They don't win a lot. They've won three games at home. Uh, they, they, uh, they brought players out to the podium to do press conferences at the, at the table after their last win. And someone in the media room remarked, like, I can't remember the last time they did this. And I said, yeah, homie, they've only won two games in this building prior to tonight. Like, they, they don't do this very much. And you know what they don't ever do, basically, is win games by double digits. They play a lot of close games. They lose them often, but they play a lot of close games. They're in it. They're a competitive group. They've won one game this season by double digits. 
they've had games where they've been clearly in control and won by eight or nine, but like one double digit win all season long, November 22nd against the jazz. They handled the jazz at home. It's their, it's their best win in terms of like, Hey, this one's over. We got this. We're playing well. And we got this. That was, that was November 22nd. It's a month ago. Uh, you're listening to Thursday, December 21st show tonight. The, the Blazers host the Washington wizards. And you'd love to see them just get that second double digit win. A thing I used to do on this show was tiers. I used to do Western Conference tiers. And it was basically my version of power rankings. Uh, And I would rank every team in the Western Conference and talk about where the Blazers fit. But I am... I am respectful of your time, uh, and I and also I try to like this show isn't about being a bummer. I try to keep it real, but we're, this isn't a we're no bummers here. Like it's like it, when when the team stinks, we say they stink. Like you may recall, I just had an anecdote about how the Blazers don't win very often at home. But like no bummers. We're trying to have fun, so. I wasn't going to drag you through like, and here are the tiers. The Blazers are in the bottom one. We don't need to do that. We don't need like a weekly or, or you know, bi-weekly check-in to be reminded that the Blazers are one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. And I still think it's the fairly good chance the Blazers finish with the fourth worst record in the NBA. I think fifth is really where I would peg them at because I think... Um, I think they're going to finish. I think Charlotte is going to be worse than them, probably. Let's see what the Blazers going to do with with the roster. And the Blazers are pretty brave about losing on purpose, so we'll see what they do at the end of the year. But I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll really, truly, truly tank. I think they'll just naturally lose by not having a very good roster. Fifth worst record in the league is bad. That means twenty five other teams were better than you. But the Blazers, like the Blazers, are not in the bottom tier in the NBA. They're not. They're, they're just not. The, the Wizards are. They're 4-22. and 22, And they're not even one of the two worst teams in the league. The Pistons and the Spurs are worse. Like, there's a pretty big gap between those three teams. Detroit, Washington, and San Antonio that are just like... Um, you know, the, the, the Pistons have an outside chance to lose, to lose 30 consecutive games. That's... That's a lot. They're flirting with the longest losing streak in the history of, of the NBA. It's, it's tough. They're a bad team. They're a really bad team. The, the, the Wizards are 4-22. Are, are four, four of their last five opponents have scored at least 137 points. Like, they get lit up. They get lit up on the regular. They get people really running up on Washington's. And part of their, you know, they play really fast and kind of and, and loose. And, and, they, and then, like... They, they lure teams into running and they don't play any, they play just like baffling, badly bad defense and just it's, it's, it's next level. Um, and so like the Wizards are outrageous also on this sort of outrageously bad scale. That's the, that's the bottom tier in the league. Like that's the bottom tier. The Blazers aren't in that tier. They're above that. And yet, I still think they're one of the five worst teams in the NBA, and probably five worst teams record-wise in the league. Um, I, I think that's probably where they'll they'll end up landing. Uh, you know, they're. It, it kind of is what it is, but they're better than Washington, and they got a home game against the Wizards, a home game that they're favored in, just the second time all year that they've been favored. Last time they were favored, they got waxed, waxed in an embarrassing game against the Jazz where they played poorly. They're, they couldn't they couldn't stop the Jazz on offense in the first quarter, and then they stopped playing. So what you would love to see in a game that they're favored against a team that's truly bad, like the Wizards, just beat them up. Everybody's healthy. 
I mean, no, Shaden Sharp's actually not healthy, very specifically. Uh, he is going to miss the game with a groin strain. He left, uh, he, he left Monday's game. Uh, excuse me, Tuesday's game rather uh, at halftime. He had it was listed on the injury report with an abductor strain, groin strain, and and he only played the first half, only played eight minutes in the first quarter, and then didn't did not return. He is out uh, for Thursday's game against the Wizards. So like, but but they're Malcolm Malcolm Brogdon's there, Amphrey Simon's there, Da's there, Jeremy Grant's there. Like they've got their four best players, and they're going to play. Tamani Kamara, Matisse Thybulle, like their roster is better than the Wizards. You know what you'd love to see then play like it play like it don't play a close game don't you know don't don't get don't make it interesting make it fun make it fun blow them out beat them down as as Bomani Jones used to say beat them down so like you'd love to see it Blazers hang a buck 35 and win 135 119 and just say peace peace remember how y'all worried about the offense we just scored 135 points that'll take us you know that that'll for selfish reasons, I'd take the podcast into the weekend on a two-game winning streak. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't be so bad. Uh, and that's what we will do on Friday show. If you're listening to the Thursday show, Friday show will recap the Wizards game and look ahead to the weekend and and next week for the Blazers. Uh, they get they get a little time. They get a little time off. Uh, if, uh, um, no 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 games they don't play on christmas surprisingly enough and uh and christmas eve is a, is an nba is an nba dead dead night dead game a dead spot in the calendar where nobody plays cuz everyone gets to spend christmas eve with their family unless you're a team that travels and then you get to spend part of christmas eve with your family so come back friday show recap the wizards game next week we'll do five more of these uh, i'm going to i'm going to rec- there will be a a show waiting for you on christmas i'm going to keep it real right now and if people who are in charge are listening, this is true for you too. I don't know if I'm going to record a show on Christmas. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I probably will because I love y'all and um, I'm a good, um, I, I want to, you know, give you something to listen to on, on the 26th, but Christmas day, you'll have a show waiting for you in your feed. The 26th, maybe, maybe that's what I'll promise you. Maybe five days a week, except for December 26th, where, uh, your boy might enjoy Christmas and, and, and not put out a show. But if I do, you know, just say something nice. Send me a nice, send me a nice email. So Hey, say, Hey Mike, we'd love, we'd love how much, how dedicated you are to bite-sized audio and video content. Tell your friends about the program. Typically, we don't close the show so stupidly, but, uh, you know, it it is what it is, I guess. Uh, Thanks for rocking with me. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 